Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we conclude Christ's discourse known as the Sermon on the Mount. The conclusion to the Sermon on the Mount contains two commands. The first is found in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13, which instructs us to enter through the narrow gate. The second command is found in chapter 7, verse 15, which warns us to beware of false prophets. These scary words from Jesus leave no room for doubt that he demands of every person a decision about him. It's a binary decision, accept or reject, believe or ignore, heaven or hell, one way or the other, there is no middle ground. There are many voices that proclaim false messages about the way to heaven. Today we see the final descriptions of the importance of entering through the narrow gate and learning to beware of the false prophets. Please listen to today's slice of Pastor Jim's message entitled, Jesus' Scariest Words. Learn to be discerning and wary. Enter the narrow gate. Beware the false prophets. Now that's talking mainly about the false teachers. The ones who call people onto the broad way and say, follow me, here's the way to heaven, and they're misrepresenting it. But he also talks about true and false hearers. There's a beautiful collection of word pictures here in verses 24 through 27. Now he's not talking about the, the, the preachers, he's talking about everybody. He says, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and acts upon them, may be compared to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and slammed against that house. And yet it did not fall, for it had been founded on the rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act upon them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand." The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and slammed against that house and it fell and great was its fall. Now again, there's the contrast. There are two kinds of builders. They're contrasted on three different things. Both of them are descriptions of people who know what Jesus said. Here is words. They are hearers of the word. But notice again, as through this passage, there are only two categories, two kinds of builders. There's the character of the builders. One is called wise, one is called foolish. There's the, the manner of construction. Some build on a, the good foundation, some build on the bad foundation. And there is the outcome, permanence or total destruction. Now, would you notice that nothing is said of different building materials? 
if you will, the, the house would seem to be a description of the life. What have you based your life upon? How are you, how are you living it? But he doesn't say anything about different materials, doesn't talk about different styles of houses. He doesn't talk about different size of houses. Now again, where is he? Well, he's on a mountain. We would call it a molehill because we live in Idaho, um, overlooking part of the Sea of Galilee. And you can see a lot of the land of Israel from there. And in that part of the world, rain is not very plentiful. But when it comes, it can come in heavy doses. Israel gets most of its rainfall in a very short period of time each year. During the long dry season, a house could be built, I don't know, pretty much anywhere. The ground is hard and dry, but many of those areas are subject to flash flooding when the dry season ends and that hard ground is suddenly inundated with water. A nice valley could be a a delightful place to build well, maybe a little bit cooler than where there's more open access to direct sunlight. Maybe, maybe it would be fine in most years, but one day every several years it could be inundated with a flash flood. And at that time, everything depends on the foundation. Not the size of the house, the foundation. The day of testing arrives for both houses Jesus is not saying it's different for different people. He's saying everyone will be tested in the fire of judgment. Read about that for believers in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Read about that for unbelievers in the great white throne judgment in in Revelation chapter 20. In the metaphor here, downpours the rain, cloudburst after cloudburst rolls in, buffeted by the winds coming off the Mediterranean Sea. And that beautiful valley would suddenly be home to a brook, and then a stream, and then a torrent, swift and furious. And suddenly it isn't just the roof that you work so hard on to, shed you, to, to um, spare you from the rain and repel the rain. Now the walls are being assaulted, and the entire house is washed away unless it stands firmly anchored to an unmoving foundation. The only reason a house stands in that kind of a situation is because it is anchored on the rock. And you see the application. That's how it is with every person who hears Jesus' words, with every person who hears the gospel. Some respond with an emotional response, a sentimental response. You've seen the parable of the four kinds of soils and two of them. It looks like an immediate response, but they, to switch over to the metaphor of the gates, they refuse to strip off their baggage and enter through the turnstile of that narrow gate. And so they choose that easier, more convenient way. They don't want to take an unpopular stand. And eventually they, they turn and they don't follow anymore. And it becomes evident that they never knew him. Many wash away from that phony faith when a severe trial comes. They might proclaim that Christianity doesn't work. Well, the fact is, they never tried the real thing. They tried a caricature. But this passage is about those who take the manifestation of their apostasy 
all the way to the end. They continue to say, Lord, Lord. They continue to do those flashy things to get people to to follow them. Some of them actually survive clear to the end, but then when the refining fires of judgment or the flood of judgment, to use this metaphor, comes to their lives, it'll be evidence, evident they refused to build upon the rock. And what does it say? And great was the fall. Great, disastrous destruction for eternity. Don't be, don't be one of them. Jesus had a half-brother, several of them, who uh, did not believe in Him during His life. Actually, wanted to make Him go away. But they came to the Lord after, you know, if you <coughs> resented your brother who was always right, your older brother, and then he rose from the dead, that would get your attention. It did. They came to faith. One of those half-brothers is James who became the leader of the church of Jerusalem, and he wrote his little epistle, and he said the same thing that Jesus said. Therefore, putting aside all filthiness and all that remains of wickedness, in humility receive the word implanted, which is able to save your souls. But prove yourselves doers of the word and not merely hearers, who delude themselves. He's saying exactly what Jesus did. If you hear these words of mine and you build upon the rock that they are, you'll stand. Otherwise, you won't. Receiving God's Word in such a manner that it becomes implanted is analogous to just building your spiritual house on the rock. Let it take you over, if you will. Or the way the Apostle Paul put it in Colossians chapter 3, let the Word of Christ richly dwell within you. Not just lip service, let it change you. And by the way, neither James nor Jesus was teaching salvation by works in this, in this passage. As a, if anything, this passage teaches is that, that your works will do nothing for you because it's not the building itself that determines whether you stand or fall. It's the foundation, what you built upon The basis for our survival of judgment is about whether or not the spiritual house is built on the rock. And remember, he said, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Well, how could these preachers, how could these people that talk about the Bible all the time, how could they be lawless? Well, if they truly believed the law, the law would tell them about their sin and drive them to the Savior, and they would build their house on the rock, which is Christ, and the foundation of the rock, which is His Word. The whole determining factor is whether or not it's built upon the rock. Now, there is a postscript to this great sermon, verses 28 and 29. Look at this. When this is no longer Jesus talking now, this is part of Matthew's inspired recollection and and record of this. When Jesus had finished these words, the crowds were amazed at His teaching, for He was teaching them as one having authority and not as their scribes. Now, what does that tell you? It tells you that all those people that were teaching... 
they were false teachers. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.